0: KZAA, LP, Santa Barbara, 96.5 FM,
1: Casa. Yo, do we have Oxnard on the line? What up, what up? Yo, what up, Zach? K- going out not much you can hear me all right
2: yeah you're good
1: okay cool i can hear you um all right so real quick we just heard a playlist of bangers made by zach nelson if you're listening on spotify you can hear the playlist at the end of the show so you know zach from 185 miles south retaliate in control stand your ground Not to be cute, not to be confused with the Christian band from Tennessee, also by the name of Stand Your Ground. (laughs) Uh, Voice of Defiance, Somali Pirates. Zach, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. I've never heard of this Christian Stand Your Ground. What's up with that?
1: Dude, I know. So they actually are labeled as like a Christian hardcore band out of Tennessee that came out, I think it was like 07. I was kind of just like, you know, searching the internet and um, yeah, I found this, they're like labeled a Christian hardcore band called Stand Your Ground.
2: Well, they're standing on the holy ground. So what's up with that?
1: (laughs) Um, So we're talking to Zach Nelson live through the KZAA phone line right now. Um, We are live on KZAA LP 96.5 FM in Santa Barbara out of Casa De La Raza. Um, so I wanted to ask you in all of those bands that you played in, which one of those bands did you still have hair while you were playing in?
2: Well, I played the very first Troll show I had hair nice you know but I, I'm I'm follicly disabled man. I started growing bald when I was like 19. <laughs> it was a total bummer <laughs> you know I don't know I don't know if it's because I went vegan for a year or what but everyone everyone should go vegan don't let that uh don't let that dissuade you. I think it was just bad genetics, you know. I was born handsome and shit, but oh, sorry, I was <laughs> born okay. handsome and stuff. <laughs> born handsome and stuff, but uh, and luckily I have a nice round head, so I can shave my head and still look good. But uh, yeah, that first show, I had hair. There's photos. Uh, Fred Hammer was there and took photos, and I shaved my head like sometime after that. Um, so yeah, by the in Control Seven Inch, which came out in the year 2000, I had a shaved head. <laughs>
1: I mean, I have to say, man, it's, you know, you pull it off really well. I feel like, like some people, you know, they, they can't pull off the bald look, but like, I couldn't imagine like a retaliate picture with you with hair just doesn't seem fitting.
2: You got to know when to ditch it. You know, it's like (laughs) you you lost the battle, but win the war. That's (laughs) That's right.
1: Yeah. I got a bunch of friends who have, you know, go through the same thing. Like it starts receding a little bit, you know, and then they're just like, and then they just let it go and just, you know just adopt the whole new, the whole new no hair lifestyle.
2: Yeah. You know, you just got to buy a couple nice hats, not because you're ashamed to be involved, but because sunburn is real, dude.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I'm super white. So I, I get, yeah, I know sunburn is real.
2: Yeah. It's funny. Cause, uh, in, in like the console, like in my truck, I always have sunscreen and hot sauce, you know, like in the, in the drink holder <laughs> and then right. drink, drink, during COVID, I had to sub out the sunscreen for uh, some hand sanitizer. Yeah. And uh, my, arm, my arm's been getting burnt because it's on the other side now and I can't reach it.
1: <laughs> what kind of hot sauce?
2: Oh, well, I also haven't gone to Baja since the beginning of COVID. Okay. My favorite is my favorite is Tamasula, and okay. I can't find it here. So usually I just have Valentina's. Okay, it's like, nice. It's about as similar. So, nice. You know, it's, I love Tabatillo. I love Cholula and Valentina's and Camasula are kind of like in between. It's not as like, I don't know. Do you think that Cholula is a little bit more vinegary? I was just going to say that.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that.
2: Yeah. It's nice to find that balance, like right down the middle.
1: Um, yeah, for sure. I'll have, I'll have to check those out. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, Cholula is good, but it is on the vinegary side and, and, uh, Tapatio is great, obviously. Um, Okay, so I want to thank you so much for calling in the show A lot of people have been requesting that I have you on the show uh, in the last like month So I'm really, really grateful um, that you called in Um, You know, the bands you've been like Retaliate and Control are two of my favorite bands of all time I'm a huge fan I'm a 185 miles South listener So to have you on the show is is really, really cool And yeah, we're live on the radio right now Um, And where exactly are you calling us from?
2: Uh, I moved to San Diego in the year 2006, so uh, I've been here ever since.
1: Okay, nice. Is, so that's like your home base?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I live in the Claremont neighborhood. I uh, I did a few years in Pacific Beach, which is like the party beach, and it was some of the most fun years of my life, but then I turned 30 and I was like, you got to get out of here. <laughs> but it's moved up the hill, and uh, I've been here ever since. So yeah, okay. PB, you got to have a real good sense of humor. Because it's kind of like the college party area, you know, so everyone's drunk and walking down like, you're, you know, it's like a beach community where, like, yeah. there's out al- there's alleys and so forth, so people just, like, are walking down the alley, kick over your trash can at three in the morning, yeah. and you gotta, like, you gotta laugh it off, because you're like, oh, that was actually me last night, so I gotta <laughs> laugh it off when someone else does it, but then eventually it just wears on you, and you know it's like you can't just run out of your house and rage on everyone
1: yeah no for sure i think like for a portion of my life i would have been all right with that but i'm but i'm let's see i'm almost 30 so and i've definitely my life has definitely settled down and i like enjoy peace and quiet so i i think i would feel the same way after a while like i don't know if i would be able to take it like you know it wouldn't be that much it wouldn't be very humorous after a while for sure
2: no but it's a great it was a great landing ground because like everyone that lives there is a transplant, you know. Nice. So it's like it's not clicky or anything. You can just go to a bar and make friends because everyone else just moved there too.
1: That's super cool. Uh, and what brought you down to San Diego?
2: Why do men do anything, dude? <laughs> I was, I was chasing. I was going to say girl. I have
1: a couple answers. One would probably <laughs> be a female.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was dating a girl at the time that was going to uh, SDSU. Okay, and nice. I was like, oh time to make a change and I bounced out of Nard and moved down and we didn't last that long. Um, you know, first time living together with someone is, is a reality check. It and is. So, <laughs> yep. you know, but, so we we didn't even last a year of me being there in San Diego, but I just ended up staying because I love it so much. It's, it's the best city in America, you know, other than Oxnard. What's up?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I haven't spent much time in San Diego. Um, but so is that like is that your initial connection to because uh, I know you have some shout outs on, um, you know, to like Chula Vista and stuff like that. Is that like is that your initial connection to that area down there was moving there down in
2: 2006? No, no, no. So in the 90s, um, I really, really liked the band called Built to Last. And uh, they put out <laughs> some records. Unfortunately, like it wasn't until they got back together. They put out a piece of vinyl. There's a lot of bands in the '90s that put out CDs, and that stuff kind of got lost to history. Yeah, Built, Built to Last was one of them, and Powerhouse from Oakland was kind of another one. And those were like two of my favorite bands, and we would just go everywhere to see them. Those two plus Ignite. So we would drive down all the time to see Built to Last, and sometimes we would drive like, you know, from Oxford to San Diego, depending on how traffic, it's three to five hours. Definitely, yeah. And we would we'd drive down, watch Built to Last, and drive home. You know, and I know you had Bert on here. So, what's up, Bert?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Bert to last. Um, Okay, so let me just ask you because he, so, uh, you know, he was, we were talking Dodgers, Padres when I interviewed him, and he wanted me to ask you how it feels, how it feels, how does it feel with the Dodgers behind the Padres in the NL West standings?
2: Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) have you ever seen that movie, Bronx Tale?
1: Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, there's a great life lesson in there. You know, I know I know that the Dodgers don't care about me. So when they're losing, I don't take it personally. Yeah. But he gotta say this. Every time the Padres lose, they're thinking about Burt. They're like, you know, we could probably we could probably dig a little bit deeper. We could dig a little deeper and knock this ball out of the park. But you know there's that guy Bert Jenkins that likes us and I think we should crush his dreams tonight. So they whiff, they lose. And the Padres are always going to be losers, dude. This isn't even a rivalry. Like, that's such a one-sided rivalry that the Padres hate the Dodgers. You know, it's so lame. When you go to the stadium and, like, people are chanting, BLA, it's like, what is this, dude? You know, I I support positive chants, you know? (laughs)
1: Like,
2: if if all your chants are negative, you're lame. Like, okay, you're just here to watch the show. You know, why don't you root for your team? Not yeah. root against the other team.
1: I'll yeah, I mean, that. if we, yeah, if we're taking up enough space in your head that your chant needs to have our name in it and not even have your own name in it, I mean, yeah, that makes sense.
2: So you yeah. Know. like listen to them; they're they're chanting LA. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <come> exactly. <laughs> like listen, listen, to you guys. Like all you're <laughs> doing is you're chanting LA. Like what's up?
1: Yeah. You know, the with the Padres get a World Series ring, maybe I can readdress. This is a Dodger show. It always has been. When I first started doing this when I first started doing radio here, I did a lot of Dodger talk and Dodger coverage. So it'll always be part of the show. Um, and you know, they're excited, man. They got tattoos. They got a couple pitchers. They're not in last place for once. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's, it's great. It, they, they have a great team and it's fun. It's, it's good. You know, like again, it's like, I don't care, you know, but it, if, if people get excited about baseball, it's great. It's like one of the, the last sport that like a family can go to right like who can afford to take a family of four to a football game
1: nobody i can't
2: you know what i mean <laughs> for sure at least, at least i mean that's why like baseball still the great american pastime like you can go and chill and enjoy the game you know and like get as much excitement or as little as you want out of it just nice to go sit outside and catch a game
1: yeah for sure yeah I remember when LeBron came to LA and I was like man I've never been to a Laker game I want to go and like the tickets it was like for to try and take one other person it was like half my paycheck I was like yeah it's not gonna happen
2: yeah you know the best was uh the year when Shaq left and went to Miami and like the Lakers struggled and didn't make the playoffs for a couple years in a row I think I went to four games that first year because like tickets like they couldn't give them away yeah you know they were just so bad but it's like god laker games are so fun
1: i know i gotta get to one man i've never i've never actually never been to a laker game um all right well i could talk sports all day especially la sports but um yeah thank you so much again for calling in um so before i do want to talk about that playlist that you put together because it was really awesome um i got a lot of you know comments and messages about you know people were like it was very diverse and stuff so i'd like to get into that a little bit but First, I wanted to ask you about Santa Barbara. So this uh, radio radio station is inside of Casa de la Raza on the east side of Santa Barbara. And, um, you know, it's a historical landmark. There's been tons of, you know, the Ramones played here, Red Hot Chili Peppers played here, um, Bad Brains. I mean, so many people have played here right around the corner from where I'm sitting. And just wondering uh, if you if you have any memories uh, about playing shows up in this area or friends up in this area or anything like that, if you want to just maybe share something about Santa Barbara.
2: Well, the Casa de la Raza is like kind of a blind spot for me because, yeah, I saw all those flyers of like the early 80s and so forth, but I don't get into punk until like the early mid 90s. Um, Okay. And it wasn't it wasn't like a staple when I started coming around. The place to go in Santa Barbara was the Living Room. Yeah. You know, it was it was actually in Goleta, and it had a few different locations. And there was also a location next to the third, the second or third location called Sniffy's too. So there was like four different clubs that it bounced around from in like the ninety five to two thousand two or three era. And I I never went to the Casa de la Raza during that time frame. So. I don't know if it wasn't happening or what. Um, But yeah, we went to the living room a lot. Retaliate played the Casa de la Raza a couple times when we got back together. So we started in the year 2002, and we were just going to put out a demo and play one show. We ended up playing, I think, like three shows in 2002, 2003. And then In Control had a really busy 2003, so we didn't play and we got back together in 05 and put out a record in 06. And I think in 06, 07, we played a couple times. I feel like we played once on the stage and maybe once on the floor.
1: Yeah, like, those are I both possibilities, yeah.
2: Yeah, I just don't remember super specifically, but I was like, man, this place is rad. Like, Why wasn't it popping the whole time? Maybe like they just weren't doing shows. I don't know, but it's great that it's back. And it's so cool that you're doing the this show out of there.
1: Yeah, because thanks, you're right, it is,
2: it is a historical landmark. I mean, you look at those flyers, it's like, my <laughs> yeah. god, the bad, brains, the bad brains played here? What? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. It's act- it was actually like designated or officially, you know, determined to be a historical landmark, like however they would do that in like local government or whatever, um, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, there's like multiple spots, you know, right outside of the studio I'm in. Um, and you know, we were just working on me and my friend Alan from power alone. We were just working on trying to get shows booked and started again here. Cause it's such a great space. And then the pandemic started. So hopefully we can get back to that. Um, it would be really great.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, but we should talk about the living room a little bit just because yeah, for sure. So people, well, just so people uh, like give it the credit it deserves because there wasn't like places for small bands to do shows. Like, if you wanted to play in, like, 90, 96, 97, 98, 99, like, there was nothing in Oxnard until we st- until we started doing shows at Laser Star. You know, there was stuff in, like, 95 and before, like, Eddie Burgos, or Eddie Namsko, he booked, like, uh, the Club Deja Vu, which is, like, right off the 101 at Victoria, and then, like, before my time, other spots. But, like, in that, like, the second half, of the 90s there was like nothing so basically the whole Narcors scene was like based out of the living room that's pretty awesome yeah yeah I mean that's where we would have to go to book shows play shows etc like all the way into you know in 99 no wait I think 98 we start doing shows at Laser Star but then we're still doing like living room and there and then Ojai starts going and we just had a little network of places you know and unfortunately all are gone
1: yeah, no, it's, I always, I love to hear about that because I think the, the hardcore or even like the punk scene in Santa Barbara is like, I don't want to say it's dead. Cause there's a lot of good bands here and I have friends in a lot of good bands, but there really isn't a venue like that, you know? So when people talk about the music scene in Santa Barbara, I don't, you know, I don't think people realize the history here and cause there's nothing, there's nothing happening really here. And there hasn't been for a while. Um, And yeah, I just like to hear about it because I I moved here like six years ago. I grew up in Corona, like right by the Showcase Theater. So I was super lucky, you know, I had was able to go there. Um, But yeah, Santa Barbara to me is not really a big, you know, music venue place, at least since I've lived here.
2: Well, the other place that should be mentioned as well is the Pickle Patch in Isla Vista. You know, a lot of bands came through there, but that was literally just the living room in like a two bedroom apartment. But so you can like <laughs> see flyers from there. Like four punch played there, tenor fight play there, battery played there.
1: Dang, that's and awesome. Basically
2: like yeah, and then basically all the bands it would be like you know on Evolution and like in Heart Attack fanzine. Because like it was very close to like where Kent McGart and Lisa were. Um but yeah that place was super cool too. But again it was just like literally it was Mike Fight's <laughs> living room, you know, <laughs> until he left to join that band Good Clean Fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Those are like some of the best shows. And it's crazy to, or at least for me, to think about a band like Floor Punch playing in someone's living room. And you're saying like late 90s, early 2000s. That's like super, super epic, you know, just thinking about that.
2: Yeah, it was January of 99.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can, you know, I can help and get it going. At least some little shows at Casa, you know, get. All the Oxnard guys up here and play some shows here or something. That'd be great.
2: Um, well, the be- the best band is from there, Downpressor.
1: Yeah. You know, no, for they're sure. literally
2: like, in, in my <laughs> opinion, the greatest hardcore band ever. Yeah, you know? Downpressor like, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, they're the best. They're the best band from the area. Like, in my opinion, straight up, every single record, is out of this world.
1: Yeah, their and their newest one, which I, I was able to play that whole record on the radio here, which was really cool. And I their newest one is I guess it's not that new now, but you know, they yeah, they just keep putting out great music for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it came out in December twenty nineteen. Um but yeah, that record is insane. It's like it's yeah, it's probably the best thing they've done. So good
1: so good yeah from from top to bottom for sure yeah i'm thinking like like i'm saying newest but like 2020 is such a blur to me like so i guess it was it was
2: a while ago yeah no i know 2020 doesn't count (laughs)
1: yeah for sure um all right cool so let's i wanted to talk about the playlist real quick um i was able to get through most of it there might have been some minor interruptions when we were figuring the phone situation out um but, you know, there's a lot of uh, bands on there that, you know, stand out that people know about. Gulch, obviously one of the best bands doing it right now. Change, amazing. Um, but there's a few bands I think people probably will listen and, and won't really know, like um, Punitive Damage um, is a great band out of the Pacific Northwest. Um, and, yeah, if you want to just talk about a little bit about, you know, that, that place. Because it's so, you know, it got like Cold As Life out of Detroit, The Guns from Cleveland. You know, uh, yeah. visual discrimination. Taking it back to the '80s, um, just a bunch of great bands on there.
2: Yeah, well, you give me a lot to remember now, so you might have to you might have to feed them to me. But I'll talk punitive damage first. So, okay. That band rips. I mean, for they've sure. only done a a demo and a seven inch, and like, good God, it's so good. Like for sure. Oh my God! Like I can't wait for the next thing they do. That song that I put on the playlist is literally one of my favorite songs of all time you know like just the way it cuts out and then uh Steph just goes like we're not that like you we're not that like you <laughs> yeah. but then instead of like going into like a mosh part it like goes to like the fastest like strumming yeah like straight up like like you're listening to nervous breakdown or something you know like how fast can someone down strum it is so good like i love it and all their songs rage it's like they pull out the best of like kind of that fast core, hardcore sound, but then also mix in like a lot of what made uh like early Boston like SSD unique. Like they got some songs where it's like very drum heavy. They lean into the rhythms. It's just really creative songwriting in a lane that like doesn't really push the boundaries much. And Steph just has one of the best voices in the world. It's so good. I love it. Yeah we can see what they do next.
1: No, yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah, I've played I've played um When they put out the We Don't Forget, um, I guess that's a demo, right? Or I don't know. Uh, When they put that out, I was able to play it. I get to play new music on the radio here, which is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I love when a band comes out with, like, you know, six songs and they're just, like, all super good. And it's really exciting to think about what's going to come next, you know?
2: Yeah, so good. Yeah, I'm trying to think the other stuff. Like, Cold as Life, I mean, what a band. And finally this year that uh the born to land hard cd that was another like record from the 90s it was cd only so it's finally getting its proper vinyl release this year nice Um, i think all the press is already sold out so it's like there was a lot of demand for it and that record is just it's something special it is a wild ride of like (laughs) for sure like hardcore capital h-a-r-d yeah i was
1: just gonna say like it's just hard you know (laughs) like Yeah, Yeah. and it's just so much like lyrically too, you know, just like thinking about like I don't know anything about Detroit and it really like captures the, I don't know, just what it's like. I mean, I feel like them as a band really captures what it's like to grow up in a place like Detroit, you know, and everything that comes with
2: that. Yeah, no one ever uh, accused Coldest Life of being posers.
1: (laughs) I I wouldn't think so. I would never do that.
2: (laughs) uh, Talk about a band that like is just – it just oozes realness.
1: Yep. Uh, for sure. Um,
2: and visual discrimination, that song, those drugs, one of the greatest songs ever, you know, it's like, it just sounds like uniform choice with like kind of a different singer. Cause Tim, Tim Sawyer, he has like a, just such a unique rad voice, you know, and, and Jeff Banks has been on the pod, the guitarist. And then, uh, Tim Sawyer is going to be on the pod in the next month or so. Nice. Um, so yeah, they're just they're totally rad guys. I love that band. I love both records that they did, and uh, yeah, it's raging. So and it's cool because it's on Spotify too. So everyone should check out Visual Discrimination.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, all the all the stuff was on Spotify. So the the playlist block will play at the end of the at the end of the um, at the end of the interview, and it'll start with the uh, No Vultures, the 185 Crew song. I was able to play that one too on the radio right before the interview.
2: Oh, uh, uh, right on! Yeah, that was uh, for the hundredth episode of One Hundred Eighty Five Miles South. The guys made it for me as a a gift, so that was a really nice gift.
1: Yeah, man, super cool. I hung out with Matt uh, last weekend, and we were kind of just talking about how that whole thing came together, and that's it's, it's super cool, man. Like just that you know fr- that your friends came together to do that, and yeah, super cool. It's a great song too, you know.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. They, they turned it out. Um, yeah, and Matt's been very helpful with the podcast. He's recorded a handful of, uh, we've been doing uh, vocal test karaoke. Like we recorded a, an instrumental version of the Integrity Song vocal test. And we're having a bunch of different people come on and do their take on it. And Matt's uh, recorded some guys for that. As well as uh, tuning is going to be live on 185 miles South a week from Monday. Nice. So not this coming Monday, but the following one.
1: That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, Tuning is a great band. And Tuning will also, Jeremy and Matt, I think will be on this show on July 8th, hopefully, tentatively. Um, yeah, they're going to put out another record, I think. Uh, or they are, for sure, in the beginning of July.
2: That's right. Yeah, the pre-order is going to go up to coincide with them uh, playing on the pod. And, uh, yeah, we talk all about the record on that podcast. I mean, spoiler, spoiler alert, we recorded <laughs> it last night. so it's gonna Nice. Work. We record stuff a little far in advance because I'm neurotic. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm always scared of running out of material. And then also like, I kind of changed the pod in a way it started out all only interview. And then we, we were switching up like some interview, some talk stuff. And now I'm trying to like segment the pod. So it's kind of like the podcast have little segments. And so now there's like a ton of editing involved. Yeah. So they kind of take me a while and, and I got them to do them a few weeks in advance.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely want to get into kind of just like breaking down, uh, breaking down the pod because it's super cool and like, um, yeah. But I'll I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, you're just like a hardcore historian, so I'm I, I like to like talk to you about uh, the playlist because I'm definitely not not with it like that, you know. Like I got into hardcore in like '05, and you know I've it's I've always loved it, but I spent time incarcerated and did a lot of drugs and stuff like that. And so my brain is kind of fried and I was away from the world for quite a period of time. So stepping back into it and listening to the pod dude is like super cool for me because I learn a lot. It puts me onto a lot of new bands and it's just, yeah, I love it for that reason.
2: Well, it's daunting now, right? Like, I don't know.
1: I can't keep up, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah. If I got into hardcore today, it would be like, man, I don't know. Right. I don't know if I have the time for this. Like uh, Greg from Take Offense used to help out on the pod a lot. And he was saying a couple years ago, he's like, there's a lot of young kids now that are like, I don't care about any band that's older than 25. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that is so sick. Like why I'm, not? Yeah, for sure. Dude. You know, it's yeah. like, I am not mad at that at all. Like whatever. Yeah. Have a system that works for you, man. Like that's cool. Yeah, no but, doubt. But it is weird, right? Because like, okay, we just, this this past Monday we aired an episode on the year 2000. Yep, and it's like, or yeah, the year 2000. It's like that's 21 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, and just thinking about like, okay, if I get a hardcore in '96, 21 years before <laughs> that is like before the first Ramones record. How weird <laughs> is that? Crazy. You yeah, know? like when like time just like compresses on itself. Like so many important things happen like in the inception of something. You know, things just like move so fast and like grow so fast. And then, you know, I'd hate to say that things stagnate, but you know, music, I don't, I don't think that hardcore has changed that much in the last 20 years, which is why like a band like Gulch is so special.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know,
2: like someone that pushes the boundaries where like they push the boundaries, but they still stay in that lane. Like, yeah, this is like hardcore a hundred percent.
1: For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, it's yeah, it's crazy to think about. It's like you know, someone. I do, I do like the, the thing you said. So you're saying the kids were saying like they don't, they're not, don't care about anything older than twenty five years.
2: No, they don't. They don't care about any band that has anyone over twenty five years old. In <laughs> okay, like okay but I, they
1: have to make a change. They have to make an exception for change, though. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, change is great. Like, I'm, look, I'm telling these. I think they should just do whatever they want if that works for yeah. them. I don't care.
1: No, that's cool. You that know? makes sense. But dude, like, it's it's crazy to think about because I think about that a lot when, like, when you did the Cleveland uh, when you did the Cleveland thing on uh, on the pod, I started thinking. And I do that on this show. I do like so many interviews, but I do I'll do do like a Midwest takeover or like a Bay Area takeover or like a new releases thing. You know, so I try to do themes like that. And when you did the Cleveland thing, I was thinking like, dude, you could do like you could do like infinity episodes on, like, different regions, different eras, like, diff- you know, there's just so much to, so much music to to wrap, you know, wrap your mind around.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have a ton still to do. You know, I yeah. think we've only done, we've done, uh, I think we did a Narco one, but we definitely did L.A., we did NorCal, we did Boston, um, yeah, we did Cleveland. We'll do a New York one soon. And yeah, I mean, but it's, it's endless.
1: It is know, endless. What and, Dude, cause you think yeah, about we, New York, like you could do like, you could spend like a year just doing New York. <laughs> I mean, like, you could do like, I mean, maybe not a year, but I mean, you could, you know, a place like New York, you could do so much with that.
2: Oh, we could spend a year doing New York. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You yeah, <laughs> Like for sure. Because you could break out like all the, the sub genres and so forth. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
2: you could literally do like New York pre 1980s you know, Yeah. or like New York in the last five years, like anything, you know, it's like endless.
1: For sure. Um, Okay. I, w- I always got to be mindful of time. Cause once I start chopping it up with people, the time flies. And so I got to be off the air at five 30 and um, I definitely want to talk some retaliate stuff. Um, if you're cool with that. So retaliate four came out in December, right? Was it December?
2: Yeah. Uh, I think the first week of December, 2020,
1: yeah and like dude every retaliate song I'm like i love um yeah and the retaliate four was freaking awesome and um i love that you put the dedicated to episode one um and true believers song on the playlist because i've played that song on this show like a ton of times especially through like uh december and january it's such a great song i feel it's like it's kind of like the modern day two towers in a way
2: well, yeah, and also you, you got to uh, shout out to Joe Revis and, and kiss the ring before he uh, slaps me with it. <laughs> you know? so. The, the Nardcore goat? Yeah, I mean, Joe's a man, dude. He's episode one. He is the legend.
1: For sure. Yeah, I'll have to hit him up to see if he'll be down to interview on the show.
2: Yeah, you'll have to. His band, Out of Trust, is recording right now for the next record. Oh, nice. I it yeah, will be done. I've been they'll seeing be it. will be done in a couple weeks.
1: Nice. Yeah. I'll have to, I think they have a, I think I have, they have a social media. I'll have to hit them up. Um, but yeah. So if you want to just talk a little bit about like what it was like making that the newest retaliate record, um, like did that start in 2020 or had you guys been working on that or kind of how, you know, how did that go?
2: I think that we, we were able to track the drums at the end of 2019 and it was pretty weird. We got actually really lucky with it. Because, like, COVID hit, and um, we all took it pretty seriously. Like, we didn't get together during it and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I think the drums got done in 2019. I actually did vocals to just the drums and scratch guitar tracks. So, luckily, I got those done, like, before COVID hit. And then, yeah, I mean, Roger did all the guitars, like, remotely. Roger, the guitarist of retaliate, is, like, a engineering genius guy, you know, yeah. who's also good and can play every instrument yep so we're very fortunate that we have the means to be able to get a record done um 2020 was a pretty terrible year otherwise but i look at it and like the output like well we got a retaliate record out we got that narcore uh, for life comp out yeah was pretty pretty productive from like a artistic standpoint you know otherwise it was total trash
1: for sure yeah uh it's cool you say that about roger because i've taught i um I've heard that a lot about him from mainly from Andy from, uh, ill communication. And, um, but yeah, just basically that he's like a musical genius in every aspect.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've never seen something he's bad at, you know, he's just Rogers good at life, dude. <laughs> That's good you for know? him. You, man. You should, yeah. You, you should get him on. I would love be to. Great on.
1: I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, just like reaching out to people, they usually say yes. So I think I just have to do that. (laughs) Just reach out to Who
2: said no, dude. Who said no? Let's put them on blast.
1: It's not so much saying no. I just, a lot of times we'll get like no reply, which is cool. Whatever. You know, I mean, it's not for everybody. I just like when I was, when I was younger, I listened to a, a, you know, university of California, Riverside, uh, college station and they did a hardcore you know two hours of hardcore every Wednesday night and I just thought that was like the coolest thing dude like listening to hardcore on the radio and they take requests and so when I got the chance to to do this on this radio station I totally took advantage of it and most people are like you know they they like like they appreciate that you know like the the community radio aspect of hardcore you know that you know I guess that happened a lot in the 90s I assume right
2: yeah, I, actually, if you have Joe on, I think he might still have the audio of it. I think that Burning Dog played live on the radio on one of the Santa Barbara stations. Nice. And, like, and they did a contest. Like, okay, whoever answers this question right, call in and uh, we'll send you a record. And I called in and won.
1: Oh
3: and, nice. so, and
2: I think he still has the audio. It's like me when I'm 15 or 16. I'm
1: like, hey, guys,
3: uh, I'm pretty
2: sure that song <laughs> quenched <fist." laughs> you know.
1: Dude, that's sick. Yeah, if he has the audio, I could play it over the air when I interview him. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah. Oh, man, I outed myself. Now there's no going back. <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, I would say for sure, like, the you know, putting out that retaliate, looking back on 2020, the retaliate record coming out was great. Um, did you did you guys have any hesitancy of releasing it at that time, or did you kind of just have like it was stamped, it was done, you wanted to get it out for people to hear?
2: No, no, because we're not like a touring band or anything. Yeah, only like only the full time bands that like have to do like the, that are planning out tours behind the records needed to like really be concerned with that. Okay. For us, like it was no big deal. Although like it was totally a bummer to not be able to do a record release, or like. To do an hardcore show. Yeah. Like we were going to do for that LP, like we were planning on doing like a giant show, you know, and and it never happened either, but we'll do it. We'll do it later this year, Dude, you know. Yes. It will just be okay. everything 1 year after.
1: So we can look forward to a retaliate record release show.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and we <laughs> okay. we yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to do it later in the year and then we'll, we'll we'll pull some big things out of the hat from the hardcore record release Dude 1 year after
1: can't wait man that'll be so epic yeah the tavern's already booking some pretty awesome shows so i feel like ventura county right now is you know right before the pandemic was really doing a bunch of awesome stuff and and i'm super excited to see what happens in ventura county in the next year you know
2: yeah i'll see everyone at that dead heat show in july
1: Word, yeah, I'll be there too, man. I'm actually I got uh I guess a spoiler, but not really, cause no one really cares. But <laughs> I got Sebastian from Regulate uh coming on the show the 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 day or the Thursday before that show. He'll be interviewing on on this show, so that'll be super cool.
2: That rules. Great yeah. band.
1: Yeah, great band. And I'm waiting to hear back from Dead Heat. They said they were down, and I would hopefully get them on for like a record release interview slash like pre show. Just interview, chop it up, whatever.
2: Yeah, man. That'll be sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, cool, man. So we'll get to meet in person there for sure.
2: (laughs) I'll be there. Just look for the most handsome guy in the room.
1: Yep. Sunblock on the dome or what?
2: (laughs) Hopefully it's nighttime, (laughs) though.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe it starts at like 5. So, yeah, it'll be nighttime by the time it gets popping, hopefully.
2: Look, dude, I'm pretty pale, but I don't have to wear (laughs) sunscreen at night. (laughs)
1: that's right um yeah so if you want to talk a little bit about so yeah look super looking forward to seeing retaliate and um love that record i've played it like so much on this radio station um and the nardcore for life thing compilation was really awesome too you know um and in control came back together to do the in my town song so i just wanted to ask you what was it like You know, if you guys getting back together to do that song, like, what was that process like?
2: It was really like weird because (laughs) there's so much riding on doing one song after like 15 years, you know? Like, for sure, to do a seven inch or something would make uh, maybe a little more sense. But I got wrapped up in doing that record, like, you know, we started putting it together, me, Andrew, and Stu, and I just got so excited. I was like, I want to be on this. Like, you got to have any control on this because I'm looking at all these bands and I'm like, man, I can't do this record without seeing like my logo there too, you know? Yeah, dude. So, so like, I pulled the song out and full disclosure. So, there were some bands that like couldn't do it because they're on like bigger record labels and stuff. Yeah. And they didn't want to like line step or whatever. I was trying to ghostwrite a song for Night Demon.
1: Okay.
3: And uh,
2: so I was, I was writing that song and then I was like, <laughs> I don't even think I sent it to Jeff because I was like, dude, I'll just write you a little song and I wrote lyrics and everything. And, uh, and then I was like, I think I should just use this. I kind of like it a lot, you know? And yeah. then I just wrote, I, then I wrote lyrics that fit in control, put it on there and we recorded it and it controls on the record. Yeah,
1: you know? dude. Great song. And it was so cool to have something new from in control to hear. Yeah. And very fitting to be on the Nardcore for life compilation.
2: Yeah, I mean, like every song on there was a like a new and exclusive song, but like it was very cross generational, you know. Like, there's Thalag on there, there's Ill Repute on there, and then all the way up to new stuff like Slowly, Dead Eat, Civil Conflict, yeah. Trailer, everything, you know.
1: Yeah, dude, it was it was epic, and then the digital release too was even like even cooler to have all all those bands on there, you know.
2: Yeah, twenty four bands isn't enough. <laughs> well, We got thirty six for you. What's <laughs> up?
1: Yeah, that's you what's know? up, man. Yeah, it was Yeah, know. and there's
2: and there's great stuff on the digital. Like uh that keep fighting song is like one of my favorite songs on the whole thing. Like uh you know, that Charman song is my favorite. That minus song is probably my second favorite, yeah. and then probably that keep fighting song. You know, I love it. The the singer sounds just like how Tony Cortez from Ill Repute sounded like in the nineties. Like I really love this album uh that they put out in I think ninety seven called Bleed. Mm-hmm. It's like Irreputed playing like new school, no effects type music. <laughs> but then Tony has like such a, I mean, I hate to say like kind of a Tom Reese voice, but like kind <laughs> of like a guttery voice, you know? Like, yeah. B-da, b-da, b-da. <laughs>
1: for sure, yeah.
2: And like, and for that over the top of like really melodic octave-driven music, it was like such a weird juxtaposition that I completely love it.
1: Yeah, that just you know? totally worked for sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, and that Keep Fighting like kind of has the same vibe so sick
1: for sure um yeah like speaking on 2020 releases it was cool man because i got to play so i played the nardcore for life compilation on the radio most of it and then i also got to play the reflections compilation that Stu did um i actually got to play that tape through the tape player on the radio um so yeah it was those two things were pretty cool to do you know
2: yeah i mean that thing that Stu put together what a labor of love for you know sure, like man. Because it's, it's hard to, like, organize a comp, period, you know, of getting people in the studio and so forth. But to pull together all that old stuff that's, like, off tape and try to clean it up. And, I mean, he that was a total labor of love. He killed it on that thing. Oh, yeah. He did an amazing job. And, like, it's really a testament to him because a lot of that stuff was lost. Yeah, you know what i mean like yeah like you could you could not find that stuff because it's like demo tape stuff from like the early 90s you know people are young they don't save everything and like now it's there it's digital you can like listen to it it's great
1: yeah dude you can listen to it on spotify man <laughs> like that's so like rad. that's so epic yeah to find like lost demo tapes from the early 90s all the way you know to having it on spotify yeah and shout out to Stu. He. You know, I I was talking to him about like zines and stuff and he, dude, he sent me like the coolest care package, man, of like all these, you know, original blueprints of zines that he had done and all this Fred Hammer stuff. And uh, yeah, and I think he told me, I think he made part of, or he worked, he did a lot of the, uh, the Nardcore for Life stuff or the, uh, reflections while he was living in his car, which is like even sicker.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He was living that van life, dude. Yeah, dude. He told uh... me that.
1: I was like, yeah, that's what's up, man.
2: Yeah, he did that. And he did the whole booklet for the Narco for Life comp. Like, that's all Stu.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it was, so. like, I think, like, I, I I can appreciate it so much more after he kind of showed me and, and broke down, like, how a zine is made all by hand. You know, he, like, wrote all these little notes on it and was, like, you know, no computer was made or no computer was used in making this. And so when you look at now when I look at a zine, especially the Reflections one and just – understanding the cutting and pasting and you know copying and all that stuff it's super cool man
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's art it is yeah legit art
1: for sure um so in control reunion show 2021
2: or 2022 uh yeah if someone can meet our writer (laughs) i'm just playing yeah maybe we'll see you know it's hard people people ask us like i mean obviously not in the last year but you go to slide all the time. I like, mean, yo, can you control the play a show? And like it's like we're not a band, dude. What what are you asking? <laughs> yeah. Like and then also like people don't understand, like, I really love that band. Yeah. Right? Like I put my heart and soul into it and I love everything about it. I love Ryan. We're still like good friends. And I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass that band or that band's name or that band's reputation. And so like We've done some reunion shows, but we practiced for a long time before them.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. so,
2: like, we practiced for, like, months before. You know, when we did, like, that first big reunion, I think we practiced for three months. And so, like, you got to understand that's pretty gnarly because that's me driving to Orange County from San Diego every week.
3: Yeah, it's Ryan
2: driving from Oxnard to uh, Orange County every week so we can practice with Roger. And it's just like, dude, how much gas and time and everything lot. is going into this? It's yeah. Like, it's not just a, hey, you know, get
1: together we're, we're and play we'll a show. Play. You guys yeah. want to
2: play? It's like, no, cause I don't want to, I don't want to be a slopo band.
1: Yeah, no, that's good to know. So for all the people that were requesting in control reunions because of the Narcore for life track, there you go. <laughs> it's not as easy as yeah. it seems.
2: <laughs> no, but it, we, we might need to make it happen for that. We'll see, for we'll sure. see what we can pull together
1: for sure. Um, All right. So we got like 15 minutes left. So I did. So if we could take a trip back to Southern California in the 1980s real quick or 1990s, um, I don't like want to date you. I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but um, I just think it's like the, you know, like I'm a Southern California kid. um, And I just think like I try to put myself back in the, you know, um, hardcore and punk in Southern California, you know, in the late 80s and the 90s. But I wasn't there. So I just kind of like to hear about like what, you know, what was that like? Like if you maybe like kind of paint that picture a little bit like where exactly did you grow up? What was it like in Oxnard? You know, what were the shows like? Like if you don't mind talking about that for a little bit.
2: Well, I'm only 41. Okay. So, I don't You're get into young. punk until the early, yeah, I'm uh, dude, I'm a spring chicken. What's up?
1: That's right, yeah. And uh
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't get I don't get into punk until the early 90s, like not until I'm in junior high. Okay. When I was in uh fourth grade is when I started like liking my own type of music, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not stuff that gets played for you. And I was way into like butt rock, like Motley Crue, poison, all that stuff. I really enjoyed it. And then inevitably, as you get older, you start liking harder and harder stuff. So yeah, it went from that to Metallica, to Slayer, to like morbid angel and stuff. Cause like in the early nineties was when death metal starts popping and getting great. Yeah. And then, then I heard Bad religion suffer.
1: Nice.
3: And,
2: and I was like, what what is this? Like how does something have like the speed of like a you know, like a slayer or anthrax or whatever? But it has like the melody that I used to like from Motley Crue and Poison. For and, sure, like, yeah. I under I understand that like is kind of a stupid mashup it's like delusion doesn't sound like poison plus slayer, that's stupid. You know, but like to someone's brain that has never heard something like that before, you're looking to be able to explain it to yourself. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was like the melody that I like, plus the aggression that I like. And that album changed my life. And so I got into like punk after that, just like a sponge, you know, anything I could get my hands on. Loved it, you know? And then, so I loved all that, like, I don't know, mid, early, early, mid nineties, like EPA fat stuff, like everything on epitaph and fat.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know?
2: And, and then eventually like the lyrics just got grating. You know, like, oh, these lyrics are so dumb for, like, a lot of the songs. Like, some of the bands that, like, stood out to me I liked a lot. Like, No Use For a Name had good lyrics. Yeah. You know, like, some No Effect songs had good lyrics. Some, like, I don't know, Good Riddance had good lyrics. Like, there are bands that did it, but it's just, like, you know, I always use the example of there's, like, that lag wagon song that is, like, look at my cat. Like, can I live like that? <laughs> All animals do nothing but eat and poop <laughs> you know the other word and i was just like dude i'm 16 i'm too old for this stuff yeah yeah you know? that's a
1: great <laughs> example yeah because you know no, like a lot of those bands kind of you know no effects definitely definitely started doing that you know
2: yeah and so so i heard a like a band called ignite you know and like and again when you're looking for stuff that you like they were like the perfect transitional band for someone that likes like no use for a name and stuff to transition into hardcore, because they have like just the right amount of melody, but like no one could ever accuse Zoli of being a jokester. You know <laughs> what I mean? He's like singing about like pelicans getting jacked and like razor wire and yeah. like what you know, like the water conditions like in yeah. you know Southeast Asia, like whatever. Yeah, it's all very like he's he's dialed in on some serious stuff, for and I was like, dude, I need it. Because a lot of times I don't even care what someone's singing about, like, as long as they're passionate about it. Yep. You know, like, obviously, fully anti racist, always. Yeah. You know, like, you can't be singing about that BS. Yeah. But, like, I don't care what most people sing about. Just, like, have it come from the heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Hardcore connected with me. And it was all downhill from there. Like, I never, uh, I never pulled out of it. You know, a lot of people, like, visit it for a couple years and it's cute and then you move on to something else. But I still think it's the best music in the world, you know? And you can listen from my playlist. Like I have a pretty wide ber- like variety of interests, like within the scope of punk and hardcore, but like it's, it's mostly in there, you know, like I love it.
1: Yeah. No, the, yeah, the playlist is great. And the funeral, uh, funeral oration to, uh, the guns, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, definitely like across the whole map. I don't really know how else to say it, but um, cause a lot of times I get playlists for people, which are great, you know, but there's none of the, you know, there won't be like a, that Charman sounding song on there or something like that. And I, you know, I, I love that kind of punk too.
2: Yeah. That gun song is out of this world. It's so good. You know? Yeah, for sure. And then, and then Funeral Ration, like I love that band so much. And I'm like, I think one of the only fans because like, <laughs> They they sold like nothing on CD like at hopeless like <laughs> I in, I interned at hopeless records when I was eighteen, and nice I remember like that's like the golden age of selling CDs like ninety eight, you yeah. know what I mean yeah and then I was like talking to Louis and he's like yeah we sold like a, a, thousand or two you know it's like eighty three years, Louis doing like twenty thousand must Employees doing like thirty five thousand yeah like, yeah you know what I mean and it's like oh funeration uh, they sold sixty copies <laughs> you know. <laughs> But they're from Amsterdam, yeah. And then also, like, they're they they were an old school band. Like, I love their LP called Communion. Came out in 1984. Um, but that's like it's old hardcore sounding, right? So yeah. they're they're another band that like kind of changed their sound in the 90s, like when punk exploded, like pop punk exploded. So I think they got a lot of maybe heat, or people didn't like like them as much because of that. Also, they're an Amsterdam band that uh, or a Dutch band that like sang in English, you know? So I, yeah. I wonder if some people thought there was like a little authenticity missing there, but hey, like maybe they just knew that a lot of people have different like your first language that you speak, but a lot of people like, you know, if you're gonna learn a second language and English is not your first language, maybe it is English. So they thought that like by seeing in English, they'd reach the most people.
1: Yeah, for sure, that makes sense. Um, you know, who
2: knows, who knows?
1: Yeah, um, okay. So I'm not trying to speed up here, but I want to ask you this question because a lot of people, I don't think though. So if you had to explain what Nardcore is for those who might not know, how would you explain it?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm not the authority on this. That's why okay. I have episode one, the legend Joe Revis on okay. the pod a lot to yep. help. But I can give the basic explanation for sure. So it was coined by Ismail Hernandez, the bass player of Doctor No also now plays in False Confession. It's a mashup of the word hardcore with Oxnard. And basically just means all the hardcore bands from the area, the punk and hardcore bands, because the Nardcore comp comes out in 1984, and it says bands from Oxnard and surrounding areas. Yeah. You also have Scared Straight. They were from Simi Valley. You know, you have RKL. It's from Santa Barbara. Yeah. So that's kind of like the stretch. And I consider it basically, you know, anything north of L.A. County. You know and if you want to claim it have a piece of it for you know sure. what i mean like i'm not mad at you like <laughs> yeah it's, we it's open arms you know what i mean like i i'm so glad that down Presser and minus did the narco for life comp because i consider them narco bands. yeah and i'm glad that like they were down to embrace it a bit because i love those bands and they are from our area and like i was saying in the 90s like all our shows were like in Santa barbara area yeah you know like you know and and Ben Edge, aka Ben Merlis, aka Bedge, that's on the podcast a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was he was in Fields of Fire. They were a band based out of Santa Barbara, but Chris Grande, their bass player, was from Oxnard. He uh, played in Standing Ground with me. You know what I mean? And then after Fields of Fire did Annihilation Time and of Skates and so forth. So it's all been like since my existence. It's been like one team.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: like the whole area. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think anything weird. Of Santa Barbara band saying that, you know, it's like Oxnard and surrounding areas. But hardcore just has a good ring to it.
3: It's Although hard. I will
2: say this, dude, you know, all the hip hop that comes out of Oxnard, like they always say the Ox, and like that's way harder to sound even than Bernard. <laughs> like, I'm kind of and mad at Harvard. myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we should have started saying the Ox in like the, you know, the late nineties, two thousands. Like <laughs> that, that sounds hard as hell. You know, plus like this year is uh, the year of the Ox chinese
1: calendar so what's up oh nice <laughs> yeah
2: yeah the ox... that's why that's why we get a new dead heat record it's the year of the ox
1: D- there you go it checks out man yeah i can't i can't wait to hear the new dead heat record the the two new songs off it are great can't wait for the record release show too um
2: it's so good dude yeah i'm so stoked
1: good. um Okay. So dang, we're like, this went so fast. Uh, So we've been talking to Zach Nelson from uh, 185 miles south, retaliate, in control. Zach, thanks so much for calling in um, and joining the show. You're, you know, a hard, I won't, a legend in my eyes, but definitely like such a hardcore historian, I guess is the best way to, the best way to um, describe it from my perspective. And just listening to 185 miles south is like a it's like a history lesson for me a lot of the time you know what I mean like I don't want to say that in like a lame way but it is you know it's super informative and it's and it's really awesome
2: well I appreciate that and people that want to listen to a real legend you can tune in to 185 miles south and hear the legend episode one Joe Rivas and if you <laughs> want to hear a real historians, you can listen to Daniel Samp and Ben Edge talk I'm just I'm just there, man. Yeah, kind of like the idiot. <laughs> I'm the idiot of the four of us. <laughs> um, but uh, I, if, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, for sure. If you want to just say real quick, like, how did 185 miles south uh come about? Like, when when did you start it? How did you come up with the idea to start it? Um, and we don't really have time to get in it, but into it. But I just want to say, like, I love so much all of like the trivia, the Super Sevens, the giveaways. I mean, all that stuff is so cool. It has such a radio ring to it in a way, you know, like different segments and like that stuff's really, really fun to do. I've done stuff like that. All that stuff's super awesome.
2: I'll give you the shortest version possible. Okay. So I was a fan of two podcasts, 100 Words or Less, Shout Out Ray, and Turned Out of Punk. Shout Out Damien, but you should have returned my email. Um, (laughs) And basically, no, basically like I really, really love Turned Out of Punk and... Damien used to talk a lot about like Nardcore and stuff like that. And I emailed him one time and I was like, dude, you got to interview Tony Cortez. He's so rad. He's available. He he remembers everything. You talk about Nardcore all the time. Like, don't you want to talk to the mayor of Nardcore?
1: For sure. And like,
2: he didn't respond to my email. And then I think I sent one follow-up email. Didn't respond to that. And I was like, what am I doing, dude? (laughs) I'm like 39 years old at the time or 38, 39. And I was like, why am I sending another grown man an email asking him to do something? You know, like, this is punk and hardcore. Like, I should just do it myself. Like, nothing is that hard to figure out. Just put your mind to it and do it. So I just started the podcast and started interviewing people that I wanted to put on a pedestal. And, like, that's still what I do. You know, like, my list is people that I love and respect that I want to put on a pedestal and have them succeed and let the world hear them talk. And the other stuff is just us talking about punk and hardcore, the things we love, trying to always keep a positive slant, trying to keep it nerdy, dialed in, always talking music. And, uh, I think we do a good job and everyone can check it out. 185 miles South. It is available wherever you listen to podcasts every single Monday. And also you can go to the website, 185 miles South.com and everything is available there. Smash that Patreon button.
1: <laughs> That's right. Um, Yeah, dude, that's like a, such a great description of, of the show. And, um, like I, you know, I, i kind of have the same, I kind of have the same like motivation in a way. Like I've got to interview some of, you know, obviously I'm interviewing you in control, retaliate two of my favorite bands of all time, especially retaliate, man. Like really, you know, especially the early records. Like, um, I mean, I could spend a whole another hour talking about those and, just like helped me through a lot of just when I just needed to hear something that like I could check out on that was just fast and heavy and just like, I don't know, that just like connects to me in a different way, you know. Um, But interviewing people that I, yeah, like want to put on a pedestal and just, hey, you want to come on like FM radio in California and talk about your life and talk about hardcore and talk about what you're doing? Like here's the space, let's do it, you know. (laughs) and um, yeah it's super cool
2: yeah I love it love it
1: Um, okay so in the last minute do you want to give any shout outs some of your favorite bands doing it right now anybody you want to tell the people to listen to anything like that
2: dude all eyes focused on the new Dead Heat record comes (laughs) out in July you know we're ready for it we need it it's the year of the off it's the year of Dead Heat popping off I'm so proud of them I'm so stoked to have a band coming out of Oxnard that has gotten that shine. I absolutely love it, and it's what makes our scene special, right? We're not backbiting. We're hoping that everyone succeeds. We support everyone, every band, all the bands on the Narcore for Life comp. Like It's family, you know what I mean? So uh, much love and respect to everyone.
1: For sure, yo hit up Dead Heat and tell him to message me back. I'd like so I can interview him before the record or after the record yeah. comes out.
2: <laughs> or maybe they're, I'll just send him another
1: message. They're busy.
2: They're bad at texting, dude. Everyone <laughs> under. Uh, I feel that way when I when I communicate with people younger than me. I'm like, I don't what. But I think it's just it's just the way it is. You know, no big deal. nothing to get mad at.
1: No, not even. Um, maybe I'll just. Hit, I interviewed Vince. Uh, for like an omega point interview in the fall. Maybe I'll just hit him up. He can hey, see Vince
2: is a good texter. Shout out Vince for yeah. the quick responses. Much love. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: All right, Zach. Well, uh, thanks so much again for calling in, man. Uh, this interview will be available on Spotify. Um, Your Life in America.com, the blog for the show, um, Your Life in America on Instagram. Find it all there. Um, and 185 milesouth.com smash the patreon button become a follower best hardcore podcast out there um yeah how, hope you have a great thursday night man take care of yourself i'll i'll we'll get to meet in person at the dead heat record release july 3rd at the tavern sold out
2: yeah man shout out smelly shout out noodles shout out to squirrel from billingsgate shout out to johnny condom and thank you dude go dodgers sorry Bert.
1: hey yo what is up you are listening to KZAALP 96.5 FM broadcasting live out of the studio inside the historical landmark Casa de la Raza on the east side of Santa Barbara. This is your host Dylan of your weekly community radio show, Your Life in America, your first stop on the central coast for hardcore punk interviews and so much more every week. Here right now is a playlist put together by Zach Nelson. You know him from bands like Retaliate, In Control, Stand Your Ground, and the CEO creator of 185 Miles South podcast. So this uh, playlist was created by him. It's gonna feature Retaliate. Um, I'll just announce him as I go along. Great playlist from different decades, different times in punk and hardcore. Uh, The first song I'm gonna play is Actually, a song that was put together by a bunch of friends of the 185 Miles South podcast. And you can find it on 185 milesouth.com. Yeah, so this song is called No No Vultures by the 185 Crew. <laughs> what a great song that song is called dedicated to episode one and the true believers that's off uh, that's by retaliate and the song before that is called earth was called earth also by retaliate and shut your face by retaliate before that all those songs are off the retaliate Four record that came out in december if you haven't listened to it i highly highly suggest you listen to it it's available on spotify all streaming platforms um it's a amazing record from top to bottom All right, coming up next, we're going to have four more songs. Again, this playlist was created by Zach Nelson, um, who will be joining the show at 4.30. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you probably already heard the interview. This playlist was created by him. Up next, we got a song off the Nardcore for Life compilation that also came out last year. Um, The song is called Bitter End by Charman, followed by Trial by Verbal Assault, Taking It Back. And then a band out of the Pacific Northwest called Punitive Damage. I'll play a song called Nothing by Them. And then we'll get to some really OG stuff. Black and Gray by Stalag13. And then you'll hear uh, Beyond from Change, who, if you listen to this show, you've heard a lot of Change. Check out my interview with um, Aram and Chris Williams from Change on the Your Life in America Spotify Um if you're listening to this on spotify you obviously are you found the spotify but you can follow your life in america on instagram your life in america 96.5 fm um there's a link in the profile there to the spotify page has all my shows up there and you can also check out the your life in america blog at yourlifeinamerica.com but here is bitter End from charman off of the Nardcore for life compilation Yo, for time's sake, I'm gonna let this thing roll out. We got Minus, The Pagans, Cold as Life, The Guns, Visual Discrimination, Gulch, Negative Approach, Funeral Oration, Ignite, and Somali Pirates all coming up.
0: Drugs! Knowledge is diluted! Those drugs! Are a waste of your time! If you can see that, then you're just fucking blind! Break off from the drug! Drugs to debris! A more successful life! A more simple life shall we-